All right, howlers, let's get howling. But first, a couple quick warnings. First warning, this podcast contains adult content. Don't be a pixie. Second warning, this podcast contains spoilers for the entire Red Rising saga. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Etsy. Email us, howlerpod at gmail.com. Visit us at howlerpod.com. And rate and review us five stars only. If you don't give us five stars only, we will make you eat the box. (laughs) And now... Howler Pod. They call her six, meaning she's always got your back. Hello, Howlers. Welcome to Howler Pod, the one and only podcast for all things Red Rising, where every episode. We dive deep to break down, celebrate, and discuss all aspects of the fantastic Red Rising Saga by Howler number one, Pierce Brown. Ow, ow. I'm your host, Ben Reinert. I am joined today, as always, by the amazing Aaron Ayers. Hello, Howlers. It's character study time. Who will enter the passage tonight? The passage of our in-depth scrutiny and judgment. Will they rise above the rest and be crowned prime, or will they fall short and be disgraced henceforth as a pixie? Who are we studying today? Holiday T. Nakamura. Let's load up this star shell and shoot straight into our character background. Hopefully we don't shit all suits. Or betray all our friends. Or... Take a bite out of a snake with my teeth. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Holiday T. Nakamura. She is a gray, one-time legionnaire of Legio 13, Draconis, turned member of the Sons of Ares, turned howler, turned not howler, turned bodyguard, and very loyal friend of the Sovereign Mustang. She's the sister of... The rising hero and former fiance of Ephraim, Trig T. Nakamura, and hails from the South Pacific region of Earth. So she has an Earth accent. I wonder what Earth accent is, if it's just the whole world has the same accent now. Well, I don't know. According to our listener, Rohit, they just cuss a lot. (laughs) Fucking. (laughs) That's the Earth accent. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That was funny. Holiday is described as having a wide face blasted with freckles, a flat nose, a scar-notched eyebrow, and narrow, dark eyes. She typically sports a classic howler warhawk that has a squat, thick shape, like a block of concrete. Not the block of concrete (laughs) with the Paco Bells, mind you, (laughs) Ben. She's also a stone-cold, hardcore badass, an excellent marksman, a weapons expert, skilled in espionage, and seasoned in years of battle with both the Legion and the Rising. She can totally hang with the most badass golds in all the solar system and has done so for the last 10 years. We are first introduced to Holiday and her brother Trig when they infiltrate the Jackal's compound and help Darrow and Victra escape their torture and imprisonment. Trig is killed by Aja in the process of the escape. What a bitch! After Darrow recovers, Holiday is invited to join the Howlers, and she vigorously accepts the offer. 
finish the bucket or get the box. <laughs> she accompanies Darrow, Ragnar, and Mustang on their mission to the ice to rally the obsidians to the rising cause. She has a chance to kill Aja, but doesn't come through. Come on, Holiday. She just missed because <laughs> Aja's crazy. No, it's because Cassie is such a badass. He knew what was going on. That's why. Okay. Oh, so it's not Holiday's fault. No, wow. I'm gonna give her a pass. She would want to kill Aja because yeah, she killed Trick. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> During the Battle of Ilium, she joined Darrow on his mission to board and take Roke's flagship. She gets a front row seat for the destruction of the docks of Ganymede and is one of the few people who knows the true story of events leading up to the bombing. She's also one of the only people who questions Darrow's decision to destroy the docks. Because she cares about those dockers, not because she's a traitor. <laughs> Ten years of fighting later, she participates in the Iron Rain on Mercury and follows Darrow back to Luna. She decides to leave the Howlers, though, after Darrow proposes a renegade black ops mission to kill the Asamine Ash Lord on Venus. <laughs> Her ultimate loyalty is to the Republic and to the Sovereign, and she can't condone Darrow's decision to evade the consequences of the Senate, but still promises to protect his family for him. At that point, she becomes Mustang's number one girl and assists her in the search to recover Pax and Electra after they are kidnapped. She's the one who finds Lyria and brings her to the Citadel while being threatened by a very, very pissed off pregnant Victra. <laughs> and she convinces Ephraim to help them get the kids back. She's named Dex of Mustang's Lion Guard, but cannot save her during the Day of Red Doves when she is locked out of the Senate Forum during the coup by like a giant garage door, basically. <laughs> Someone hit the button. Yep. She couldn't slide under and trigger no laser. the laser. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's able to recover Mustang later on after the Sovereign escapes the clutches of Abominadrius, and they return together to Mars to rally the remaining forces loyal to the Republic. All right, let's check on some historical connections provided by our amazing and wise researcher, Heather. Heather! Thank you, Heather. I think Heather's our duck's. She is our ducks. Good call. <laughs> She's the Hallerpod ducks. <laughs> Great call. We'll, we'll send your badge here in a little bit. <laughs> okay. Heather says, Holiday T. Nakamura is elusive. We as readers still don't see the full picture of what Pierce has in store for Holiday, and her name is similarly cryptic. Her first name could allude to her almost godlike skill and loyalty as it not surprisingly, means born on a holy day. Meanwhile, Nakamura is a fairly common Japanese surname. Naka translates into middle, Mura into town or village. As a spy for the Rising, while simultaneously serving in Legio 13, Draconis Holiday certainly acted as a middleman. I hope book six proves this untrue, but she could still be duplicitously Feeding information to the enemy through her service to the Republic. I don't like where this is going. Heather's been listening to Ben's Conspiracy Corner. <laughs> <laughs> Unducked. <laughs> I doubt the syndicate would have been capable of kidnapping Pax and Electra without connections to someone much closer to the Sovereign than Publius. Even if that person isn't Holiday, there has to be another traitor of whom we have yet to be informed. Assuming Holiday is faithfully serving Mustang, as it appears, she remains an intermediary between Virginia and much of the public. 
She plays a major part in interrogating Lyria and successfully locating and negotiating with Ephraim, all of which ultimately leads to finding the children. Throughout Iron Gold, Holiday continues to speak and act on behalf of the Sovereign. That could be the extent of her middlemanhood. The second part of her last name, Village, makes me further question her potential involvement in mendacious activities. While one could easily brush that translation aside with the fact that Holiday grew up in a small town in South Pacifica, I think a better interpretation would be that her contributions to the rising amount to so much more than those of a single person. The phrase, it takes a village, comes to mind. Holly, holly, holly. Holly, holly, holly. Those were some great connections, Heather. Thank you. Thank you, Heather. Our freshly penned ducks. (laughs) (laughs) So, Ben, what is the legacy of our holiday? What do you think? Let's start with some strengths and weaknesses. Obviously, she's loyal. She's an excellent soldier and spy. She's very loyal and extremely experienced and, you know, just very, very fucking loyal. So, the reason Ben keeps (laughs) raising his eyebrows when he says loyal... (laughs) Is because of how much we heard about, I don't know, like Publius being (laughs) uncorruptible. Mm, mm -hmm. He's so uncorruptible. And then obviously the bait and switch Pierce Brown loves. So Mm -hmm. that's Ben is suspicious because they do talk about Holiday's loyalty quite a bit. Quite a bit. So we've got this extremely loyal character, which for all um, intents and purposes for right now, she is loyal. She lo- she seems to be pretty and loyal. She could have died during any of those times she was risking her life to save our characters. She's had a lot of chances to take our characters out and hasn't done it. And she's like almost she, she lost her brother saving the Reaper. You think she's really on the inside here? For sure, for sure. Um so yeah, we kind of see her change over the course of the series and that she is convinced like Aaron talked about, by Trigg to join the Rising in the first place. And then she, when he dies, she's heartbroken and dedicates her life to the Rising and the Howlers and carrying his legacy on. She has extreme loyalty to the ideas of the Republic, and that even overrides her loyalty to the Howlers, like some of her best friends, people that she's fought alongside for 10 years. Um, and then she leaves them in order to uphold those things that are so important to her and that were so important to Trick. Which is good because I feel like Mustang and the kids would all be lost without Holiday because she's not a traitor. (laughs) So what was Holiday's impact on the story and who did she impact? I'd say she has strongly impacted all of the main characters. For sure. Except for maybe Fa. I don't think he's a main character though. She didn't, like, meet him. Yeah. Darrow doesn't survive without her. He doesn't get out from the jackal's lair. He doesn't, like, survive all the battles without her. Because mm-hmm. she's got skills. She can whip that pistol around corner. Pew, pew. Shoot people. He doesn't get company on the ice without her. <laughs> <laughs> no pasta. No pasta. Um <laughs> She also provides us with a gray perspective because remember, really before holiday, we we hated the grays. Like we did not like Ugly Dan. Ugly Dan. Ugly Dan. (laughs) But this is our first really like main gray character that we get to know first. Mm -hmm. 
and our first gray howler that we really get to know. Yeah, she provides like a really important perspective, especially in Morningstar, when basically all the characters we're following in Morningstar are golds. Um, but Holiday, along with Ragnar, provides that perspective of the lower colors a lot more. It's crazy to think about just like how much of a major player she is in this series when she shows up on the scene in book three. That's like her very first book appearance. But She comes in hot. She comes in hot and she's a major character throughout that entire book. She's there for basically all the major events. And then for uh, both Iron Gold and Dark Age, she's right in the thick of the action and has all these connections to all of our favorite characters. She's a howler. She's Ephraim's sister-in-law. Uh, she's Mustang's, you know, bodyguard and like best friend at this point. So she's providing all this like extremely important perspectives where we get to see what a lower color thinks about the Republic, the rising, um, you know, what these events that we're all going through. It's a really great character for for that, along with the fact that she's just like a total badass fighter. And she also provides the point of view of a mercenary and a Legio 13 Dracones who are like odd and people are like terrified of them. So she gets to like, she's kind of like Lauren. Like when she walks in a room, people are like, oh shit. Yeah. Like she could kill me. Yeah. We see that when she shows up to the bar at the beginning of Iron Gold and she walks in and she's got the howler pelt and everybody's like, oh <laughs> shit. <laughs> <laughs> also, like, I think that's a great point that you made that like, she gives us some perspective of just what it's like to be kind of a run-of-the-mill soldier. Um, and she has a lot of fallout from that. She was made to do like terrible things as a gray soldier, her and Trig, uh, both. And they saw some... And some, Ephraim. Yeah, some bad shit. And um, every once in a while that leaks in and you can see how that affects them and why they're so committed to the Rising and the Republic and the ideas behind that. Also, she's loyal. <laughs> 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 but really, she is one of the most loyal characters. I mean, she sticks with us through a bunch of wars and even between a big gap in the books. Yes, her loyalty and dedication at this point are seemingly pretty much unmatched. She fights fiercely for her beliefs. She fights fiercely for her friends. And even when she has to make that extremely tough decision to just like walk away from the Howlers, she's still says to Daryl, like, I will protect your family um, no matter what. And that means a lot to him in that moment. Because he has to leave his family. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Holly. You're a true friend. Definitely not a traitor. So let's get into that. Let's <laughs> get into the traitor business. Okay. And move on to our predictions section. So quick recap of the Ben's Conspiracy Corner. Welcome, everyone. There's cookies, punch in the back. What? I didn't get cookies? <laughs> You hold on. This is another meeting of Ben's Conspiracy Corner. Hi, I'm Ben, <laughs> and I'm a conspiracy theorist. <laughs> Hi, Ben. <laughs> so, this theory has started falling apart. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I'm going to start there, but it's still fun to think about. So, here's where we're at. Quick recap. Holiday's loyalty, talked about often, like pretty much every time... She appears on page in Iron Gold and Dark Age. 
there's some reference to how loyal she is. There's a couple different things that go into this. Uh, so the first is, we do think that there might be a possible second traitor other than Publius from the Howlers. The Howlers think that when they were betrayed. So they talk about that several mentions. Nobody could have known about the meeting with Julia, Bologna, and the other society golds without a Howler telling somebody. We'll talk about that here the in a second. The fake peace talks. Yes, the fake peace talks. And then there's the second part of this theory, which is Lyria sees a copper and a gray in the garden talking together. She describes the gray as looking like a block of concrete or something like that. And later on in the same book, Iron Gold, Ephraim refers to Holiday as a block of concrete. So there's similar descriptions for so there's, there's the hourglass. And we still don't know who that gray was. There's hourglass, there's pear-shaped, right. and there's block of concrete. We still don't know who that gray was. And then shortly after that, Lyria runs back inside, and then she runs directly into Holiday. How the fuck did Holiday gas up and get around Lyria, who is running the opposite direction? So... Let's talk about both of those things. The first part of this theory about how much loyalty is mentioned in direction to her, like that, I don't really have anything to refute. We do have pretty compelling pieces of evidence to refute both of the other two supporting ideas behind Ben's conspiracy corner here. Yeah. And I'm willing to admit that. Um, so You're a big person, Ben. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so first like aaron said that person would have to move pretty quickly because leary is like running back into so it seems like like runs into her right she runs into holiday so it seems like maybe that's not the same person and a lot of people interpret that much differently than i did they think it's a different gray and probably publius i would assume they didn't see it that way that was the way i first read it and so It kind of stuck in my mind that way. So let's talk about the second point of this, which is that the Howlers think another Howler was the traitor and told them about the The peace peace talks. talks. The Um, fake peace talks, because you can't have peace with Julia all butt-sucking Bologna. Aaron brought up a great point, and I think other people have brought up this point too. Why can't the traitor just be Publius? I think he can be. Um, So... There was a thread on one of the Howler Facebook groups this week started by our friend Dominic. What up, Dominic? Talking about this particular line in the books and the Howlers thinking that there's a traitor. One of the Howlers in the Facebook group, his name is Mark Green, he responded, Publius was informed by Atalantia that the meeting took place. He wasn't informed directly by her, but by the syndicate who's in league with Atalantia. Publius already knew about the meeting through his connections before Darrow and them ever got back to Luna. So Publius was the snitch. Fed informa- He was fed information from Atalantia via the Queen of the Syndicate. That makes a lot of sense to me. And then on this thread on Facebook, our man Pierce Brown liked that comment. Maybe he just likes to misdirect us. Or with, maybe he's with misdirecting. <laughs> But it's compelling evidence either way. I think my theory is falling apart. Woo! But. Yeah, I think everyone on Instagram today responding to 
uh, your favorite moment of holiday. Most of them were, I love when she's never a traitor, <laughs> Ben. I it laughed is. out loud at a few of them because I was like, man, you're getting railed with not a traitor. <laughs> Everyone's on my side. It start, it's like now it's just kind of a bit. I really did believe it for a really long time, but now it's kind of turned into just I like to annoy you with it. Like this one. But when she's the goat <laughs> all the time and not a traitor. <laughs> and then all of the time she wasn't a traitor. <laughs> it's fair. It's fair. I would still say, I think the fact that how many times it's been mentioned that she's loyal is compelling reason to Maybe question. she's just really fucking loyal, Ben. And she could be, and it would make sense because, like, the way Pierce describes characters, it shouldn't always be like that, like we were talking about with Publius, where he's described as the incorruptible, but he's really super corrupt. That stuff wouldn't work if all of our characters were that way. You know, some characters do actually have to be what, what they're they described. <laughs> yes. So that could be what holiday like, is. Like Mustang does have the heart of a lion. So <laughs> <laughs> that one doesn't fall through. Mm-hmm. And then like, you know, Roke is also a poet. And he's described as a poet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying they could she could just be loyal. I'm still on guard, but I do want to say, I mean, I don't really think that those two pieces of evidence that I was pointing to probably in previous point podcasts add up or are as solid as I used to think that they were. Tell us your Game of Thrones theory. Okay. I also have a Ben's conspiracy corner. Second theory, it's an offshoot theory of the holiday conspiracy, and I'm calling it the Jorah Mormont corollary. Basically, this theory is that Holiday was a spy at some point, but she has been convinced through her years of service and hanging she, out with Mustang. She fell in love with Khaleesi. Yeah, that Mustang's got it right, and that she now actually does fight for the Republic but at one time was spying on the Republic. And in book six, she will be found out as a one-time spy and be cast away. And then she'll fight her way back. And save the day. Save the day for Mustang. And get her heart ripped out and eaten by Fa. Probably sacrifice her life. Yes. Worthy. I don't think there's any way Holiday doesn't not die in book six. Whoa. Rude. So that would be the Jorah Mormont corollary. Jorah Mormont Corollary. Yeah, it's a fun one. So that's uh, Ben's Conspiracy Corner. Basically, it's like kind Basically, of like... Basically, it's like falling apart. It's and dying on the vine right this now. This is why you build... <laughs> you don't build your conspiracy on sand. You build your conspiracy <laughs> on solid rock. Everyone knows that. It's dying Like on a block of concrete <laughs> would be a great place to build something. Let's uh let's go ahead and move on to Prime Five. Thank Prime you for five. thank you for giving me the time to talk yeah. so much about the conspiracy. Seriously. Let's move on forever. <laughs> hey, if you guys want to keep it alive, if you guys want to keep the conspiracy. <laughs> Nobody alive, does. Everyone agrees with for me. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone proved it today on Instagram that they all agree with me. Okay. Prime I just really five. can't wait till book six though, and she actually does like have a betrayal. Then I'm just gonna like flip the table. I'm gonna flip the table over in the middle of the podcast. All right. Well, let me grab my computer first. 
<laughs> Prime five. Prime five time. <laughs> Prime five time. Our top five best character moments for Holiday T. Nakamura. Pew, pew, pew. Number five. Holiday being a super badass. All the time. Period. Yes. That's it. Those were all five. <laughs> <laughs> but this is on the day of the Red Doves when she gets kind of locked out by the garage door like we were talking about. But she also takes out a Drakenjäger by herself. While everyone next to her is getting shot down and murdered. And all she's trying to do is like save Mustang and get to the garage door so she can block that laser. And she can't do it. I, I picture it as like a big piece of stone. Yeah. Oh, kind of like Indiana Jones style? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And And that's what... Daxo is trying to hold up. They should have had like a skull or something. It would have totally worked. You know, um, (laughs) I'm going to come back, but you know, (laughs) the Indiana Jones show at Universal Studios. Have you seen that? Yes. The Indiana Jones (laughs) stunt spectacular. Yeah. Yeah. My, my dad got called in to be like the, the guy that, that gets crushed by the boulder. Yeah. No way. That's (laughs) sick. And I, I was little when I saw it and I was like, Oh no. (laughs) Uh, anyways back to (laughs) good memory so uh she takes out the drakenjager she doesn't end up saving mustang but she fights pretty hard to try to get her this just really speaks to her skills with z as a fighter like skills oh i was like she's not taking z that's ephraim She's like a freaking hardcore badass, like we were talking about. She can take out a a Drakenjager herself. She does squats. She does a lot of squats, and I'm sure, yeah. And probably like curls too. Probably like one-armed push-ups. Wow. Oh yeah, like some real GI Jane type stuff. Yeah. Yeah, pull-ups. Definitely. Yeah. She does all those things. Okay, next up on our Prime 5, she's not scared of golds. And a lot of the other colors besides gold, easement and golds are scared of golds. Mm-hmm. But she's not even scared of these founding family, conquering gold families, because she's she just knows that she can fucking kick all their asses for the most part. So uh, when she gets Lyria, after Lyria escapes the Duke of Hands... Um, and Victor is like coming to try to take Lyria off the ship. Holiday's like, nah, bitch, you don't want this trouble. And then Victor's like, I am the trouble. <laughs> but Holiday's like, fuck that. Don't come in here. You don't want, th- you're going against the Republic. And she's not afraid to talk back to Victra, who's terrifying in her pregnancy armor. Pretty good moment for both of them, honestly. Pretty great moment for, <laughs> for all the ladies. Yeah. It still reminds me of, the moment in the Avengers is it Endgame? It's Endgame, yeah. No spoilers, but just all of a sudden in this huge battle, like all of the main women somehow are in the exact same spot, <laughs> and they all like charge together. I was so mad. I was like, "That's so pandering and fucking stupid," and I was so pissed off about it. It was a horrible moment for the Avengers. However, <laughs> I kind of think of that when all these ladies are fighting each other. I didn't even notice that part when it happened. And then I like saw oh, the I whole thing like about it. I almost like shouted in the movie theater. Really? Like, really? <laughs> All of the women on the whole 
battlefield are in the same spot. Here, here, ladies. Is here's it the part all where like Gwyneth Paltrow like flies up. Is here's that what you're all your about? best ladies all together winning the war? Uh, gotcha. Yeah. Somehow it just didn't logistically make any sense. <laughs> like, how are they've they? They've all been like they heard the call <laughs> of the periods and they just all flocked to it. Like, how the <laughs> fuck are they in the same spot? I'm so mad about. It. Can I? T- who can I call? Like, what a horrible. Th- that was the worst part of all of those movies, period. Okay, sorry. That was a, a huge sidetrack, but it just, <laughs> I'm like, I just You're get You're really so upset about that. I'm, I am upset. I think it's <laughs> fucking ridiculous. So in book six, Pierce, if you're listening, don't have a moment where all the ladies <laughs> come together. <laughs> Thraxa, Mustang, Not holiday. if it doesn't logistically <laughs> make sense. No, they're like on different planets, but then they all show they're up all on the just same like planet. <laughs> At the exact same time and fight. No, okay. Please don't do that. But organically, it can happen. Organically, sure. Yes, we're okay like, with that. Like the we, moment, we cheer that. the moment that we just started talking about mm-hmm. when Victra and yes, uh, Niobe Atelamanes has come to war. Right, that was cool. One of my favorite moments of Iron Gold for sure. Ladies. Okay, let's go to number three on our top five. And that's Holiday's Howler Initiation. Just incredible performance here. Um, first of all, she's way more badass than Pixie Darrow. Yeah. He is a total pixie. It's Darrow and Victra, right? Finish the bucket or get the box. <laughs> yeah, she's she's more badass than Victra, too, which is hard to do. Yeah. And this isn't peak Victra or peak Darrow, but still. True. Like, all you have to do is eat some bucks. And a pit viper, right? Yeah, but like whatever. Doesn't Holiday Holiday like grabs the Pit Viper and just like tears its head off with her teeth, like real and Ozzy Osbourne Ragnar style. Says, she has the soul <laughs> of a howler. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the soul of a howler. <laughs> <laughs> She's just like, give me more. It's incredible. She's like, Let's fucking, I've done worse than this. Let's eat some snakes. That's whatever. True. Okay, let's move on to number two. So for number two, we're just thinking of all the times Holiday is with Ephraim and kind of their whole relationship. Mm -hmm. So first of all, she's meeting him in the bar and he's all fucked up on Zolodone. Um, And she's like, you need to come join the Rising. You're a piece of shit. Stop taking Zolodone and stealing artwork. And he's like, no, you're a piece of shit. And then, you know, they leave on bad terms. <laughs> but this is a great, like, holiday as a sister moment. Yeah. Like, we see her as a badass fighter. We see her as the loyal friend. Now this is, like, sister, family member vibe. Like, yeah. hey, get your shit together. Your piece of shit. Stop killing yourself with Zolodone and all these, like, artwork thefts. Right. This says a lot about her as a person because she's not um, afraid to tell Ephraim what she thinks that he needs to hear. In this moment, she's like, you gotta get a fucking hold of yourself. You are a disgrace to Trig. You're a drug addict. This whole, like, you know, sad boy routine. <laughs> sad boy vibes. She doesn't like the sad boy song. major sad boy <laughs> vibes that you have going on are just not going to cut it any longer. And Trig is her brother. So she's really the only one that, like, has the right in Ephraim's mind to say this to him. Right. Saying like you like Trig, I would not want Trig to see you like this, which like cuts him so deep, you know? 
and think about true. and think about this right after that meeting with Ephraim, she has to go and that's when she quits the howlers so once again she's not afraid to like say what she needs to say and do what she thinks that she needs to do um it just says a lot about her character and just like her own conviction and confidence in herself yep. also with Ephraim, she also convinces him to stop being a kidnapper and to kind of <laughs> redeem himself mm-hmm. to go back and get the kids. And the way she does this with the help of Lyria and Mustang, mm-hmm. um, but uh, Holiday knows how to really get under Ephraim's skin and she knows how to blackmail him because she knows him so well. So she shows him the hollow of a captured Volga and says, she says to him, I know you don't care about your life, but something tells me you care about hers. Right. So she knows, like, I can't convince Ephraim to save the kids by, like, threatening to kill him because he wants to die. Mm-hmm. He's just a sad boy, suicidal. He already tried to jump off the ledge. Mm-hmm. So she's, like, uh, bargaining something he actually cares about, and that's how they get the kids back. Right. Eventually. Her and Lyria just do an excellent good cop, bad cop routine in that moment. Holiday is not afraid to be the bad cop in that situation. And, she, you know, she's pretty fucking done with Ephraim at that point. She'd already told him that. And so she did what she needed to do. That's kind of her whole MO. Like, she does the things, like the dirty work that's asked of her all the time. And she eats pit vipers. Right. That goes <laughs> back to just her gray mentality and her loyalty and just like she's willing to kind of eat shit for the people that she cares about okay so let's go to our final and number one moment on our prime five and that's her first appearance she breaks darrow out of attica along with trig and there's this whole sequence it's like five chapters it's just incredible it's very adrenaline there's a lot of like good banter between her, Trig, uh, Darrow. A lot of almost dying. A lot of almost dying. A lot of like super badass uh, fighting. I love the part where they like blast the MP- EMP and then tell Darrow to get behind them. And, and they have real guns. Yeah, <laughs> and they have like the gunpowder guns and they walk out of the elevator and just start capping everybody like an action movie. It's like John Wick. It's incredible. And then I do love her first one of her first lines to Daryl, she's like, we came for the Reaper, but if that's you, I think we should get our money back. <laughs> <laughs> she gives him like a wink and stuff. She's fun. She's pretty great. I mean, she's I funny l- and she's good at shooting guns. What more could you want? And super dedicated to our heroes. Thanks holiday. Okay. Should we, uh, bring it down to primer pixie? It's time. Did holiday survive the howler pod passage of in-depth scrutiny? And judgment. Let's find out. All right. Here's the case for Holiday. Everything we just said. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's super loyal. She's funny. She is a great sister. She's a great friend. She's a great ducks. Very dedicated to the cause. And she's one of the... I mean, she almost died on the ice, but like for the most part, she's made it out pretty okay out of all these iron rains and she's an og you know she is an og howler yeah i will say too that on the instagram poll we got 99 percent votes for 
Prime, and I want to know who voted Pixie. <laughs> that wasn't me. Tell me who it was. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The case against. She is a deeply embedded double agent for the society and will betray our heroes at the worst possible moment. All right. Before we reach our judgment, let's hear from our meme lord, Deanie B. Yeah, we've got a voicemail here today from the man Deanie B. Hello, Howlers 2 and 3. It's Deanie B, a.k.a. the meme lord, calling in with my take on Holiday. Holiday T. Nakamura is clearly prime. Let's look at it from both angles. If you see her as Aaron does, and she's a sharpshooting, whiskey-guzzling, pasta-cooking badass for both the Rising and the Republic. She infiltrated the society such that she was able to gain access to Darrow, its most prized prisoner, and rescue him. She dominated both Darrow and Victor at Howler Initiation. She's six because she's always got your back. Now let's take a look at Ben's conspiracy corner here. Let's say she's a traitor, a wolf in sheep's, clo- a wolf in sheep's clothing who has managed to ally herself with the right hand of arguably the smartest person in the solar system, Mustang, who is sovereign without getting caught. Wasn't Fitchner's ability to do the exact same thing a compelling reason he was deemed prime just last week? If Ben's theory pans out and she is a spy, her motives would be questioned, but there's no argument that her methods have proven her to be prime. Plus, there's nothing wrong with rooting for the home team. The Nakamura's give Earth, our team, a place in all of this. Finally, regardless of if she's a spy or not, she's an emotional tie to Ephraim T. Horn, highlighting his sad boy persona, which, that alone, prime. Dang. I love how well he knows me. <laughs> I feel heard. <laughs> I think that was a fantastic argument. I really don't even have anything to say to that. Well, he he said prime either way, basically. Traitor or not. It prime, makes prime, a lot prime. of sense. I don't know. I don't know if I'll choose prime. We'll see. All right. <laughs> let's go on to our judgments. Aaron, is Holiday prime or pixie? She's prime. What do you say, prime or pixie? I'm going to say prime. Prime. <laughs> She's prime. Ha <laughs> We got Ben on our side. <laughs> hey, whoever voted that 1% for pixie, we're coming for you. I've actually been convinced by this podcast that she's prime. Because of me. Yes, by your incessant support. So it'll be really fun if you end up being right and then you'll just like rub it in my face. I'm just going to go back and edit this podcast and I'll just like re-record myself saying pixie. Okay. And then repost it. Yeah. That's okay. what I'm playing. All right. You know what it's time for? What are we into this week? Aaron, what are you into this week? Okay. I'm going to throw it back. I um, was It's a throwback. What are we into this week? Throwback Thursday. I was up pretty late this weekend and I ended up <laughs> watching Forgetting Sarah Marshall which is a movie from 2008. Fantastic. I It's so old that I actually have the DVD for it. Really? Like, I don't even have a DVD player. I think I have a DVD of it, too. Yeah. Like, that's how old it is. But it's a great movie. It's pretty short. Um, super funny. Um, 2008, uh, we have... We've got Kristen Bell in it, Jason Segel, Russell Brand, Mila Kunis, who's, like, the hottest woman alive, in my opinion. Mm. Uh, Paul Rudd is in it. I fucking love Paul Rudd. <laughs> you sound like you're from London. He's from Kansas City, <laughs> where we are right now. <laughs> hey, Paul. You sound like you're from London. <laughs> I know. I used to say that to people who had British accents, and then I quickly realized that nobody had seen the movie. <laughs> they didn't get it. Do you remember at the bar? I think it was Kelly's. When <laughs> yes. I, this guy was British. <laughs> Shout out to our British allies. 
And I was like, you sound like you're from London. And he was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, forgetting Sarah Marshall. I'm quoting a movie. But really, they he just thought it was a dick. People pretty much, they always love that when you yell movie quotes at them. I'm pretty sure <laughs> it's a thing. I think some people <laughs> like it when they get the reference. So uh, look it up. It's on Hulu. Uh, and it's also, I think you can like rent it on Amazon Prime. What are you into this week, Ben? I'm also into an old movie. Not old, but it's like 10 years old. Actually, this week. It's called Scott Pilgrim versus The World. Great movie featuring a, an amazing cast. Michael Sarah is the star, but it's got a lot of... I love Michael Sarah. Other people you know, like Anna Kendrick, Jason Schwartzman, Kieran Culkin, which is Macaulay Culkin's little brother. Oh. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Great movie. If you are into video games and good music, this is just an excellent movie. It came out 10 years ago this week. There's a bunch of stuff going on on the internet, just like it's a cult classic. So there's a couple cool things you can check out. The cast just did a full table read, like over Zoom. That's really dope. And um, one of my favorite podcasts called The Big Picture Podcast had a whole podcast dedicated to Scott Pilgrim versus the world. And um, they talked to Edgar Wright, who's the dude that wrote it and directed it. Um, And you can watch it on Netflix. Yeah, it's on Netflix. It's just such a great little movie. So funny. Such great music. All the music in it was written by Beck. Garbage Truck is a total banger. I love that that song. Um, So just check out Scott Pilgrim versus the world if you've never seen it. Nice. I actually have not seen it. It's good. <laughs> ben, what is coming up next week on HallerPod? Next week on HallerPod, we will be discussing Lorne uh, Arcos and Octavia Alun. Oh, wow. Yeah, some old school golds. Some space racists. <laughs> some serious space racism. Some some of <laughs> them we like, some of them we hate. <laughs> it's okay. hard to hate Lauren, man. I know. We'll talk about it. So we need to know from you guys, is Lauren Prime or Pixie? I need you to email me or call me and tell me why or why not. Same thing with Octavia. Prime or Pixie? That's going to be actually kind of a tough choice because she's... That's going to be a tough choice. <laughs> <laughs> she's Pixie. She's the most evil tyrant of all time. But she's also like the definition of not a pixie. Oh, th- this is going back to like what your what your definition of primer pixie is. Correct. Because my definition is, do I like you or not? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, please feel free to call in 1-800-516-1540. Leave your thoughts on Lauren and Octavia or... Write in howlerpod at gmail.com. We'll read those or play them on the podcast. We love to get your guys' ideas and uh, feedback on Primer Pixie. Send in your votes. Hey, voting is a human right. Wow. So you should vote Primer <laughs> Pixie. <laughs> yes. Don't forget to follow us on the social meds at howlerpod, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Etsy. Email us, hellerpod.gmail.com. Leave a voicemail, 1-800-516-1540. Ask a question, explain a theory, tell us about Lauren and Octavia and why they're pixies or primes. <laughs> Find links to all this at hellerpod.com. Tell a friend about the podcast. Spread the word about the books. 
send your friend Pierce Brown's photo of him with EO and who wouldn't want to <laughs> read the book? I wouldn't not want to. <laughs> Rate and review us. Five stars only. If you don't give us five stars only, then we will capture your best friend and put them in jail and show you a hollow of it and be like, if you don't change that to five stars, then we'll kill your best friend. <laughs> Thank you to Heather, our wise and wonderful researcher, for all her hard work researching the characters and their historical connections. Heather the Ducks. And thank you, Howlers. Omnisphere Lupus. Oh. Oh.